Welcome back to a new edition of Bitch Breathe. I am your host, Ricardia. And today, as promised, I am following up on my whole online dating agenda that I've been following for a while. So I have invited somebody who I think knows a little bit more about it. And we actually don't know each other yet. We haven't met. But I thought if I want to do this thoroughly, I have to speak to somebody who's got a little more experience. So I haven't had any cringy kind of experience on the dating, the online dating platforms yet. Um, But yet I wanted to speak to somebody who maybe have the odd experience if she cares to share. So the wonderful woman I'm talking about is Gabriela Seaman. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Perfectly. Okay. So Gabriella and I actually have a friend in common, but we've not met in person as mentioned. But five seconds into talking to Gabriella, I knew I wanted to hear more from this girl. So here she is. Welcome, Gabriella. Hi, Ricardia. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, it's strange to be a reference of cringe moments, but hopefully I can add my value <laughs> to your research. <laughs> Know that you deserve a badge of, uh, how do I say, valor, I think, in any case for dating online, but to actually talk about it, you deserve an extra. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I wish I had got that badge. I, I feel so. I did, I did my duty. You did. You did. So if you want, Gabriella, do you want to quickly tell us what, what do you do? Uh, I know you're in Berlin, but what do you do for a living, let's say? Uh, sure thing. Yeah, I'm a strategic designer at a studio in Prenzlauerberg. Um, they build robots and AI tools. I do not build robots and AI tools. I use uh, design and storytelling to try and make what we build a bit more usable, relatable, hopefully enjoyable and Yeah, I don't know if anyone in my office knows what I do, so I get quite a bit of uh, leeway to to define it for myself. But yeah, it's an interesting field. Definitely, and there's a lot going on there right now. You must be a very uh, popular person at this time of the AI fears that are coming. At last, I'm a popular person. (laughs) I've been waiting. Excellent. So, Gabriella, because I know listeners are going to want to know now that I've invited you on this particular subject of relationships and dating, are you in a relationship right now? I am happy to report I am uh, in my first significant relationship. Um, and yeah, since the the dawn of COVID lockdown, uh, there may or may not be um, yeah a correlation between the panic at being uh, quarantined alone uh, that there's suddenly a rush to the apps, but yeah. I love it. So you made good use of your COVID time. <laughs> I certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> so that is that, would you say that is what made you start dating online or how did you come to that step? Because for me, it was a really hard step. Like I always thought you are never going to find me in anybody's little black book. And most certainly you are not going to find me on a dating app. It felt like a, yeah, like a cringy thing to do. So what made you start dating online? Well, I actually started quite a lot before. I think I started on Tinder in about 2016. Um, and obviously one, one always wants to have that meet cute where you've just glanced across the room or bumped into someone in the supermarket and that's your your origin story but at some point um yeah I realized I wasn't going clubbing as much I I wasn't um yeah in in 
environments where I could meet new people and the community got smaller and smaller and I didn't want to have to date through my my friendship group because I know how that can backfire. So, uh, yeah, I had to do quite a lot of, uh, you know, jumping over my own shadow to to start dating as well. But the the crux of it was that I, I knew that I wanted to meet people and the type of people I liked were always too awkward and introverted in, um, yeah, in a normal social environment. So it seemed like a better way to be sure that everyone's intentions are the same. I love that because it's it's sort of the premise of online dating that there's been a conscious choice. No, I'm actually going to give this a shot, right? Because I also often thought, geez, the dude I want to meet is probably at home reading a book right now. So there goes that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, one would hope there's always that uh, that very clear intention. I've, I've seen it backfire as well. But yeah, for the most part, it made... It made meeting people uh, easier in that it, it streamlined that ambiguity at the beginning. And, you know, okay. being in Berlin yourself for as long as you've been, you probably know that there's not a great culture of flirting and eye contact is not a skill that anyone's cultivating apart from the creepy guy that you're not actually looking at. So, Yeah, this is this is where I, I found myself. And um, yeah, a few friends had to convince me to go there because I was very, very smug about not being on apps and quite, um, yeah, judgmental of, of anyone who was on them. And look at me now. Yeah, I, I see that that would be a problem because I've experienced the exact same thing where the flirting game just was not on in Berlin. In fact, if, if someone was interested in you, they would look at you almost like in a mean way. So you're not sure, does he hate me? Or is this him checking me out? I couldn't read the social codes, you know? And I was like, I'm very confused, you know? <laughs> yeah. No one makes it easier here. Definitely not. It's true. So does that mean when you say since 2016, were you sort of in terms of how long you've done the online dating game, you were probably on and off the apps, like were there several maybe short-term relationships? So how did these years go by, if you will? Oh God, good question. Yeah, it was, it was a, a love-hate relationship with the apps. I go through, through phases and had a few flings here and there, but nothing significant. Um, and yeah, for the most part, I do it for a few months and then switch it off and Yeah, make a big point of deleting it, and then oh, yeah, a few months later, say, well, what? Why not? Why not return to this? I've heard that before. That people actually go through the whole trouble of deleting, and not because anybody special has appeared, but because there's a certain fatigue that sets in, where you're like, oh, this enough with the smart with the swiping already is my impression. Totally, and no, I had some uh, some in interludes with people I actually knew and that I met in real life and yeah that that didn't do do the real life scenario any favors so that's why I returned to the apps got you so when you say because you've alluded to uh, them already when you say that there were a few you know interesting encounters what are some of the sort of funnier encounters that might <laughs> Dina's a little warning story a little you know um a red flagish kind of story for people who are thinking about online dating or who are actually just getting started with it I mean, it, there were a few instances that uh, right at the beginning of using apps that helped me understand what the, the red flags were. I mean, at least for me, maybe what my red flag is someone else's like t 
to do or like what, what they're looking for. But um, yeah, how you craft your profile and what other people's profiles look like. Uh, I remember connecting with someone who had quite a vague profile. You couldn't entirely discern their face. There were a few action body shots, but the conversation seemed interesting. And the only photograph of his face, I think he had sunglasses on. And when I met him, uh, he, he looked a bit like an out of work clown. And I realized I'd been integrated into um, what I think was a drug drop off. So the date was, I'll meet you here, but I have to go past this place en route and drop something off. And yeah, no, I think he was a, a low-level dealer, so not even an uh, aspirational dealer. And the great irony is that I don't do any drugs as one of the, the few people in Berlin who's never tried even smoking weed. And I kept attracting people who were, yeah, trading and, um, yeah, much more involved in the scene than I, I was looking for. Why do you think that was? Do you think you you brought a particular naivete to the table? Because I also have never tried any of those things, but I'm always also a little nervous about people doing it because chances are you throw a stone right now outside your window, you're going to hit five people who do drugs, you know? Yeah. So why do you think that was maybe? I have a feeling it was the absurdity of the conversations. Um so I, I don't mind or it, it didn't seem untoward to start a conversation by saying, if you were bread, what type of bread would you be? And in retrospect, that should have been maybe a red flag or several. But at the time, I was like, hmm, definitely, definitely not uh, whole wheat. And I'd say probably a ciabatta. And, you know, it felt very, very natural to weigh in on the type of bread I'd be. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that often steered things in the direction where the people I was speaking to were probably high when they were writing to me. And, and I was meeting them right there in, in the highness. And so no one assumed that I was not also high. Did it often happen to you? Like what happened to me now? I was, I had had heard so many stories of ghosting, breadcrumbing, gaslighting, you know, all these ings that you're like <laughs> terrified are going to happen to you online dating. And the one thing that did happen, none of these things happened, but the one thing that did happen was the one thing I wasn't prepared for, which was I actually met a really nice guy on there that we both know. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I expected everything, but not this one, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that just goes to show that you you don't know anything until you've tried you it. Do. But I also thought it was tiring. The um, what's your favorite song? What's your favorite movie? I was like, I don't think I can write for too long. So would you say one of the reasons that maybe it's harder is because one writes too long instead of just meeting the people? Or where were you with the texting? It bit? depends because I think um, often I make a better impression in in writing than I do in person. If you meet me the first time, sometimes my the way I uh, interact with people could be um, misinterpreted or seen as uh, maybe not abrasive, but my humor is not always easy for people to, to understand if they're not native English speakers. 
Um, and so my sarcasm is quite in, insulting to people. Um, <laughs> at least I know the problem. <laughs> there's a screening process. If you're writing, you can you can gauge how willing people are to go with you on the on the sarcasm scale. And uh, yeah, I think from that point, um, even though all of this, the conversations start quite formulaically you could tell quite early on whether someone was going to be, uh, you know, uh, compatible in terms of conversation. I mean, if, if anything, I had quite good conversations and at least it primed people for meeting me. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Get a little, um, sort of tell them a little bit more about what it's going to be like if they talk to you. I was, I was the opposite where I thought, People can really, especially if they're eloquent, which you clearly are. And I, I think of a semi think of myself as, as I, I, I can at least approximate what I'm trying to say. But I always thought it's also a very good hiding place. So my strategy was don't even get behind the writing, just like go out and meet this person. And I, it worked in, <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. No, they're, they're different approaches. And that is definitely one, one way of doing it. And sometimes it would depend on my dating fatigue. As you mentioned, it, it, sometimes I would just push for, for the, the meeting, although that actually also uh, turned into a strange situation once with a Scandinavian where I, I think I'd, Uh, suggested meeting up and he said, Oh no, I can't that day. I'm going to be in Copenhagen. I said, Oh, I hope this isn't an elaborate form of ghosting. And he said, Oh no, I'm going for my grandfather's funeral. And then I felt awful. And his next message was maybe bad humor. And it was such a vague comment that I didn't know whether he was joking about it being a funeral or not. And then I didn't want to respond as if it were a joke in case it was being flippant and he had he was going to a funeral and I didn't want to look as though I didn't have a sense of humor by by taking it too seriously so I I think I was quite neutral about the comment and I just said oh oh no well then when you're when you're back and when I first met him he very solemnly showed me a selfie of him with a coffin in the background So to prove that he had been at a funeral, which I certainly hadn't asked for, and that clarified a lot of things for me quite, quite, <laughs> quite early on in that date. When in doubt, send weird pictures. I mean, there's plenty of those pictures where I thought, what is this, Halloween? Yeah. Like all year for you? Yeah, no, <laughs> they're, they're definitely, they're definitely um, <laughs> some strange pictures out there. And it's, it's a good way of uh, gauging who's who's normal and who's not. So radical honesty, did you also ghost people? Like where you just like, this is not going anywhere and it's heading there fast? Um, I, it depends at what point it becomes ghosting. In terms of conversations, sometimes I would let conversations taper off. With people that I'd actually met, um, I would just become incrementally less responsive. I'm, I'm not a great fan of confrontation. There were a few times where I felt compelled to say, hey, it's not working it, in, in the, uh, the event that they like me more than I like them. And then with others, I felt as though I don't want to have to say something insulting if it's not necessary. I think it's implied if we just slowly drift apart. And then when you're single for as long as I was, it also is a way of 
keeping the option open. You know, you haven't made a hard cut. You've just drifted. So <laughs> the, the ambience of drift was quite, it, you know, it wasn't aggressive. So I, I felt as though I could still revisit some of those those conversations. Okay, so you kept a, you kept yourself a little back door there, a, a tiny yeah. little back door. <laughs> so let me ask you: with all the different experiences that come when with dating and with online dating, do you think the sum of all of it has made you? a better dater, if, if there is such a word, or has it made you more reluctant? I mean, I know you're in a steady relationship and I want to get to that in a moment, but what do you think were these experiences in their sum total, um, a, a sort of a, a forging of you and who you are as a partner in a relationship? I don't think they were um, formative of me. I, I got into it too late. My, my personality was irrevocably formed by the time I entered into this weirdness. But it definitely um, gave me a greater sense of zen around when people are attracted to one another and when not. You know, you, you hopefully take it less personally when things don't work out because you realize there are just some times where one person feels something the other person doesn't. And even if it is personal, it's not personal. And I think that that did give me a, a greater sense of um, calm around it. And then it was, I really enjoy the banter. So I, I've, I've missed that since being in a relationship because I had weekly, weekly stories of embarrassment and awkwardness that made made for great dinner party conversation that I think all of my friends are missing as well. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it didn't change me, but it certainly, um, yeah, made me, made me a bit more relaxed about, about the dating process. And it didn't change your view of, I'm going to call it a really big word, like humanity or date, you dated men or you're dating a man right now or men. There was none of that sort of blanket statement, well, all of this sucks or all of they do. Well, I mean, not more than I get from being in a workplace with men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, no, I, I definitely, I met some really nice people um, and some people that I'm I'm still in in contact with as as friends now, and I didn't have any traumatic experiences. I know some people have had really awful experiences, but I think my my own screening process I I was drawn to a certain type of person that was actually, if anything, a, a bit uh, self destructive and um, maybe chaotic, but no one no one hostile. And so it, it didn't jade me to such degree. Well, that's good. And that's probably very encouraging for people who are thinking about it, because I think m one of my biggest trepidations, like I said, at the at the onset here was for one, I, I had a, a big pride issue around thing. But the other was I just thought I just don't want to be treated badly. And I felt like I was maybe setting myself up now for people tr to treat me badly. And that never happened. Sure. And I mean, you do, you take a risk with, with meeting strangers, but you take as much of a risk if you were meeting in a, in a bar, the, the first impression can be hugely deceptive. So I, I didn't see it as a, a greater risk than anything else, except that you might be doing it more often. So in the, the in terms of 
likelihood that you'll stumble across someone who's bizarre is higher just because of the, the scale. But yeah, no, I understand. So I know this already, but the listeners don't know yet. The person you're currently in a relationship with actually showed up on an online dating app. Am I right about that? Oh, yeah. No, we met on uh, Bumble uh, just just uh, before the, the lockdowns were starting. Um, I had not been on Bumble before. He's, he was the first date that I had from Bumble. Um, and also the, the first date I had after I'd sort of recalibrated from my previous online dating, um, you know, a, approach. I think before I was drawn to people that I thought had exactly my music taste because music was super important to me and slightly melancholic French uh, philosopher artists who are in a precarious state of residence and work. Um, and at some point after that, I thought, no, I actually, I need lightness in my life and someone who's positive. And I think that was the most critical change for me in, in what I found was that I was willing to acknowledge that what I thought I wanted was not the best for me for a long time. And so I, I like to think it was a, a manifestation of this new, this new perspective that I, I wanted someone positive and he certainly was. I mean, I did think he was French. That is partially why I swiped right. There were a lot of indicators that made me think he was French and I enjoy the French. Um, but he was very German and it's, <laughs> it was a pleasant, uh, surprise. Um, yeah, no, and it's, it's been, it's been great. So you're one of the, you're one of the, I want to call it success stories, or at least for now, it's a nice, it's a nice story to have exactly tap on wood. So if somebody's considering online dating and they're not ready yet to sort of take the plunge, do you, obviously who's in this relationship now, do you still think it's a great way to go or put in a different way, what is it they should look out for if they're still sort of reserved about it, but they're also curious and they just don't want to get screwed over, if that's what you want to call it? I mean, I think it's important to not put too much expectation on, on anything. I could have just as easily not met him. And, you know, it's, it's a very um, quick and, uh, you know, um, incidental success uh, if you if you connect with the right person at the right time when you're both in the in the right headspace but on the other hand something that online dating gives or gave me that I wouldn't have got elsewhere is the opportunity to meet outside my community you know you you meet people who are doing things that I would have no access to exposure to there is no organic overlap that would have led us together And I found that invigorating because I, I, throughout my online dating, I was meeting people from different areas, from different um, industries, some students, several dealers, as it turns out. Um, yeah, no. Let's not forget the dealers, yes. Let's not forget that, that huge chunk of the informal economy. Um, no, and it was just... Uh, I, I enjoyed that uh, that access to to people that I wouldn't have been able to meet 
just accidentally, you know, meeting people in clubs does, does allow for a bit of that, but there's still the, the, the surrounding of your own, your own network, your own community, one's quite insular. Mm. Especially I think Berlin, you, you don't often leave your own hood because it's, it's comfortable. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate it for that and would recommend it for that reason. So I would say people must always protect, protect themselves, also manage their expectations um, yeah, I think managing expectations is a huge one. Like I had absolutely none other than that. I was probably going to be gaslit, ghosted and <laughs> breadcrumbed. <laughs> so I came in with very low expectations. <laughs> but I'm wondering, did you ever find while this was still going on? And then now that you're out of it, do you miss the the swiping and is there an addictive aspect to the swiping? Like I've known friends who had that. I personally didn't have it. And also, again, I, I met very lovely people, so I didn't feel the need to constantly look for more. Um, but do you think there's an addictive thing? And do you still think about it sometimes? Like, oh, it would be, you know, fun to give it a little swipe here and there or not so much? <laughs> yeah, I have to say it never, the, the swiping itself never really gripped me. If anything, it was a uh, a bored, boredom reaction that you would end up swiping a bit. But I, I also know from friends that they often swipe their way through the app. And I don't know what degree of swiping would, would do that unless they've got very tight restrictions. And my restrictions were so broad that I was never going to get through the whole city. I have no idea how it even happened. But um, no, I don't miss it at all. I, sometimes I miss the stories, but I, not, not how I gathered them. Um, and yeah, the, the exposure to, to new people, which is something that I think also, uh, may have to do with the, the COVID times, you know, it, it all overlapped. I, I wasn't meeting that many new people. I wasn't going out as much and my, my routines changed a bit. So yeah, I, I can't attribute it to app dating or not, but I'm, I'm glad not to need to be on the apps anymore, but it was, yeah, it, it infuriated me in parts, but there were, yeah, th there was enough that I gained from it that I'm, I'm glad I, I did it. Yeah, I, I see. I see what you're saying, especially if you've spent more time on it. I think then there comes a point where you're like, okay, I'm truly done <laughs> with this for a while. So sp speaking of being done, my, my last or second last question to you, Gabriella, is do you think dating, I asked my relationship expert from the second last episode as well, do you think it has changed over the last, let's say, 10 to 15 years? Or have we changed how we date? And is there a difference between the two? Oof. I mean, I think I think it has certainly the, the modes of dating have changed. Um, the motivations haven't. I think to some degree, we're in an era where we have a lot of new labels. We've, we've got new language to describe things. And so everything has become a lot more granular and nuanced and then new ways of interpreting your relationship and new ways of having it. But fundamentally, people want to be around other people. And we will always find new ways of doing that. But it, it comes down to the same, the same basics. And yeah, I, I, the tools will, will continue to develop but I, I don't know enough. I also have never been a, a major data beforehand, so I don't have a lot of reference. It was either people I knew, people I met at work, people 
people I already um, yeah had had contact with, and the the dating scene in in Berlin I think is also different to maybe America, where there's the obligatory the dinner it will be paid for. In Berlin, no one's paying for nothing unless you're really lucky. I, you know, you just maybe it's also to do with who who I ended up um, connecting with, but I it certainly didn't follow the same protocol of dating that I've seen in in movies. Whereas, like right. fake news, I've, I've not been wined and dined anywhere. I've been invited to some cave where I had to bring all of this. <laughs> the food i don't get this this isn't what hollywood told me oh my god if we did an episode or just a, uh, a skit on what hollywood told me and how that was not true i think that book would never get finished writing <laughs> it really it really set us up for so much heartache oh, wow. it's it really, and I, I don't know if it's more for women than for guys. I think if I do do another um, uh, episode on online dating, it might be the premiere where I get a guy on here because I only um, so far have interviewed women. But when I was talking to uh, people that I know, men that I've done on that, they're telling me the same stories. <laughs> It's interesting because I thought, oh, maybe men are just like that because they maybe have commitment issues or whatever cliches it is that we say around men. They have to you know, spread their wild oats or whatever. But they're actually telling me, no, that's not true. The women are doing it, too. They're ghosting. They're putting in their bio. I don't want to see elevator pictures and, <laughs> and, like, and no picture with sunglasses like everyone's with sunglasses. And so I think maybe it's not necessarily gendered, right? It's just um, no. I could imagine uh, nature of the online beast. When I've seen uh, some of my my male friends' uh, tinders, uh, I'm I'm horrified by by what what the sisters are up to. So yeah, <laughs> no, I think it, it's <laughs> it's a wild world out there. But I, yeah, no, it's certainly it's great for stories. So finally, Gabriella, if you look back, when you look back, I guess not putting words in your mouth, but would you say it's definitely something you would encourage a friend who's looking, who hasn't really been successful in meeting someone? Would you still say, hey, they should give it a shot or how do you feel about it? I think, yeah, I would recommend it unless you are someone who, who can't deal with a lot of uh, continued disappointment. If you were very sensitive to that, then I'd say maybe it's not good for your your heart. But to anyone else, I would say, yeah, it it just it opens things up to to the degree that you're willing to let it. And um, yeah, don't necessarily go go into it with the expectation that you're going to meet the, the love of your life or your soulmate. Sometimes it's just about being being able to connect with other people and yeah. go into it for for the for the banter. I would add to that, and I think it's really nice what you said, but I would add to that that I learned in the short time that I've that I was on the online apps um, since I, t I think I told you since late February that you um, you really don't know what is going to happen. You you think you know, you think it's all going to be terrible or that you're going to meet Mr. Or Mrs. Wright or whatever, but it's just another channel to do this through. Exactly. You know, you don't have your matchmaker from the village anymore. You have the app. So I also would agree with you that I want to uh, encourage all the listeners that, yeah, go ahead. Just take the plunge. <laughs> this is not a, a paid message. I have not been 
I you're right, Gabriella. I should probably call Tinder or Bumble and call and be like, guys, I'm really upping the uh, upping the game for you here. Yeah, you need to monetize this. Monetize it. <laughs> All right, everybody. So thank you so much, Gabriella, for taking the time to talk to us about all those drug dealers. <laughs> it's been a great pleasure. <laughs> if anyone's <laughs> looking for a dealer, I can look into my Rolodex. Exactly, exactly. So everyone, I hope that if you aren't online dating, but you're thinking about it, that you feel encouraged to do so because you just have to be a little bit brave and have very low expectations. Did I sum that up about right, Gabrielle? <laughs> I don't know if my boyfriend would uh, would uh, sign off on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. All right, everyone. So thank you for listening. We'll hear you next time. If you'd like to write to me, please do. It's ricardia at thebreakupcall.com. And until then, sending love. Thank you.